Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, you actually end, then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hello, hello. Welcome to today's session of Selling the Couch. I hope that you are doing well and uh, having a fantastic day. So today's podcast session is a little bit meta, kind of meta, which is basically a conversation on how to guest on podcasts. Now, you might be listening and you might be like, you might be a podcaster and you love podcasting. You might want to launch a podcast in the future. Or you might be like, Mel, I have zero desire to launch a podcast, but I would like to guest on some podcast, be a guest interview on podcasts. Podcasts are so interesting. When I first started selling the couch, I didn't anticipate this happening, right? A lot of starting side of the couch was a little bit (laughs) naive. But, you know, as I have been doing this for so many years now, I mean, when this episode is released, we're going to be in year nine of, of selling the couch. And one of the most common responses or emails or messages that I get from our colleagues is there's a connection that they feel to me uh, from listening to the podcast, right? All of these years. And it's such a humbling thought, but I think podcast guesting also offers this really interesting opportunity to get that connection, uh, but also to get in front of audiences that may be related or are related to products and services that you offer. My guest today is Dustin Reichman. Uh, Dustin is a friend that I connected with on LinkedIn. Shout out to Dan Cumberland for connecting us. Dustin is an, as you'll hear this in the podcast conversation, but Dustin is an engineer turned internet marketing slash copywriting whiz slash now his entire niche is basically helping entrepreneurs pitch to get on bigger and bigger podcasts. And this guesting on podcasts or being a guest on podcasts is such an accelerant to your business. One is establishes social proof, but two, you just never know the partnerships and the opportunities that arise out of things like this. So today we're covering Dustin's backstory of how he got into this, uh, what he learned from going on over 30 podcasts as a guest, how he crafts the pitches on his podcast. I think you're going to really enjoy this because we're actually diving into the actual like, this is how I structure it. This is what I do first. And this is what I do second. And this is why I do it, uh, just to get a, a more comprehensive understanding. So we'll dive right into today's podcast session. Here's my conversation with Dustin Reichman. Hey, Dustin, welcome to Selling the Couch. Hey, Melvin. It's uh, fantastic to be here with you. 
it's uh, pretty amazing, right? LinkedIn out of all places. And I don't even remember the context of how we like connected, but I think it was through Dan probably, right? Probably. Yeah. I think through our, our mutual friend, Dan. Yeah. Cause I only got active on LinkedIn maybe, I guess it's been about six months ago now, but I met some amazing people, yourself included. And uh, yes, yeah, it becomes a small world when you're on there and you, you get active. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm just like, just behind you. I think I'm like five months ish into LinkedIn and it has been an interesting place to connect with some, I mean, just people doing amazing stuff. And I mean, you are one of those people. I mean, first of all, like even before we jump into the conversation, brother, like you are like genuinely one of the most like kind and thoughtful people uh, I've ever met. And just the way that you talk about like podcast guesting, it's not just like tactics, right? It's more, I don't know, there's an element uh, there's a human element to it, which I think is just so fantastic. And so I'm really looking forward to our conversation and uh, really grateful and humble that we can have it. I appreciate the kind words. Definitely remain humble and <laughs> and do what I can to deliver for your audience here and give them tactics, strategy, and yeah, hopefully a little bit deeper uh, connection to how this whole thing works. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you and I have both seen this, right? There are folks online that teach stuff that they actually have not done successfully, right? That's like a common thing, but you've actually done this successfully. So I was wondering if you could uh, take us back to Fire Creek Snacks and your sort of your foray into podcasting and how even you were thinking about this. Yeah, for sure. So to go back one little step further, my professional background is engineering and engineering consulting. So I've had that professional career 15 years doing that. And I had some side businesses, including uh, a marriage business called Engaged Marriage that brought me online. That led me into digital marketing, which led me into marketing consulting, which led me out of engineering. So around the end of 2017, I left engineering. I became a full-time entrepreneur. And shortly thereafter, I met uh, a guy that I was doing marketing for locally in a butcher shop. He owned the butcher shops that I was doing marketing for. And we hit it off and he had this product and he said, do you know how to sell stuff online? And I said, in fact, I do. Uh, so Fire Creek Snacks is what you just referred to. And it's a better for you protein, healthy meat stick, a better for, for you protein snack. And so we were humming along for two years in 2018 to 2020. Online sales, got heavily into trade shows, a lot of toe-to-toe sampling and, and selling into brick and mortar stores through those means, toe-to-toe selling. So all that was going well. I had some great marketing clients. I had some local, like my dentist was my client, a real estate broker. And so uh, I felt like really settled uh, until about you know March 2020, <laughs> when, when most of us got upended. Uh, and I, uh, yeah, I was driving to a trade show in Chicago. I live near St. Louis. So about a five hour drive. I was about halfway up there and I get a phone call saying, Hey, the trade show has been canceled. Uh, there's this, uh, you know, disease that we're not sure about. I'm like, Oh boy. So everything changed, you know, immediately for me in that moment. I lost half my marketing clients because they were local businesses that were shut down for an extended time. And of course, there's no more trade shows uh, for the foreseeable future for Fire Creek. So I say all that just to give, give some context into why I even thought about podcasting. Um, so I was thinking I need an alternative way to get my message out. I'm stuck at home. I love my wife and my three kids, but now they're here all the time. And I enjoyed two years of solo uh, solo entrepreneurship in my home office. So things were just very different. And so I turned to that, I think, in part because I had heard another brand called Chomps, who's kind of a leader in our market. And I'd heard their founder story several times on podcasts. And I found it really compelling. I got a lot out of it. And I thought, you know, I love listening to podcasts. I wonder how I could get on one. And maybe this will be a 
way to market Fire Creek since we can't go do physical sampling anymore. And so, yeah, I did that. So in summer 2020, I got on my first podcast. It's called The Side Hustle Show with Nick Loper. And I crafted our story to appeal to that audience and talked about how I partnered with this local business to bring a product online, which was a very hot topic because all the local businesses were shut down and trying to figure out how to make revenue. Went off really well. I fell in love with it. I developed a great, some great relationships from it. And from there on, I just kept doing it. And uh, yeah, I know my first 12 podcasts that I approached and with our story said yes. And I thought, well, this is easy, right? <laughs> And I realized later that that's actually pretty unusual and that there was actually something special about the way I was approaching it. And uh, yeah, so that's what pulled me into podcast guests. You know, to your point, it was to sell a physical product. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous, but to sell a $2 meat stick to very untargeted audiences. Uh, but it worked enough that it kept me going and really pulled me over into this podcasting world, which I'm extremely grateful for now looking in the rearview mirror. Yeah. I mean, I'd love this podcasting space and that is quite a story. I wanted to ask you, what was the thought behind guesting on podcasts versus starting your own at that point? Yeah, I think the, and it still kind of remains my, one of my core beliefs, I guess, around this whole marketing space. I am starting my own podcast soon, so it's not to disparage that, but it's a lot of work, um, as, as you can attest. And so I think for me, it was like, hey, I can, I can go out and look at these people that have already accumulated an audience. They already have trust. They already have people that tune in and download every week. Why don't I just go put myself in front of this audience that's already there versus going out and trying to create a whole new audience and and start from scratch? And I didn't know the first thing about production. We certainly didn't have a budget for it at the time. And um, and so yeah, for me it was it was very appealing because it was free. It was something I could do and kind of control the result in the sense that I could determine how many people I wanted to reach out to. I could do the research and I could I could figure all that out without having to depend on a third party, which I felt like I would have to go get a third party involved if I was going to launch my own podcast. So I think there's definitely pros and cons that we can get into with guesting versus hosting. But yeah, the reason I got in, it was just ease of access and uh, and it was free. And that was really appealing. Yeah. I mean, I, I think like how you approach it, it's such a smart strategy, right? Because goodness, like it is amazing. We have gone through this pandemic, <laughs> like all the things that, you know, we've had to deal with. But yeah, in that moment, right? Like what's the thing with the least friction? Go to people that have established audiences already, right? I mean, I think the approach is was fantastic. So you approach Nick Loper, go on these podcasts, and you approach, I think, 11 or 12 more. And there, I mean, there's something about what you're doing, right, that's standing out. And I wanted to spend some time diving into that. And because I know that a lot of folks listening, they may not want to start a podcast, but I think a lot of folks are seeing the value of podcasts, right? Because there's a connection that you form, right, to podcast hosts and even as you listen to guests, right? So what do you think it was about that approach? And we can take this anyway, we can dive deep and, you know, however. Yeah, I was kind of doing it on accident, although in hindsight, now I see now I see the difference. So I can articulate it a lot more. And I think it comes from my background. So I was in engineering, it was a very different kind of engineering. It was traffic engineering. And a lot of what I was writing, I was more like a lawyer. I was, I was writing persuasive reports and things about safety and, and traffic and things like that. So I think it was just like natural for me to write persuasively. And I also had a background in copywriting because of the digital marketing uh, training and things that I had done over the years. And yeah, so I was, but also I'm very relational. And I think that that came through in the way that I approached these. I'm going to use the word pitch, but pitch doesn't, isn't negative. I mean, pitch can be a very positive thing when you approach it the right way. And so I think just to outline, and I think the, the big things that were a differentiator for me and what I was told from the host is I led with well, what I call, now call relational anchors. 
which are basically, hey, I'm not a weirdo from the internet. This isn't a pitch, like a cold, heavy handed, I'm trying to sell you something or get on your calendar pitch like we all get every day. So it was leading with like familiarity, something I knew about them, something I admired about them and the show, some flattery. So, and this is still how I craft these. So that's what we lead with is some relational anchors and human to human contact or, or connection. Then I went right into what's in it for the person reading this email. In this case, the host's best interest is their audience, right? So it's like, how can I very clearly serve your audience? And what I've learned to do with that is just spell it out in bullet points. So three to five bullet points about exactly what I can teach or the stories I can share, the experience I can provide your audience. And when a host gets that, rather than feeling like, oh, great, this person wants something from me. It's more like, oh, this person's trying to serve me and my audience and they've already written a show outline. So this is really convenient too. And then the third and final piece of this is just a really clear ask in a very friendly way. So my go-to with this call to action at the end of these pitches is, uh, are you interested? So I've led with value and said, hey, I really admire you. This is what I know about your show and what I've gotten out of it. This is what I can do for your audience. Are you interested? Which makes it much easier for them to say yes, because they may say, yes, here's the link. Let's go schedule. Or yes, let's do a pre-interview call. Or yes, tell me more. But it's kind of hard for them to say no, because all I've done is good stuff. And if they made it to the bottom of the email, unless they, unless I messed up and they just don't like do interviews or their show's dormant or something, pretty much you, you know, we get about an 80% success rate when we approach emails this way. So it's more work than the spray and pray approach that, that many agencies and others do. But I find that it not only gets you on the podcast, it starts the relationship on the right foot because they, they respect you by the way that you've been very, very intentional in the outreach. So. I know that was like dove right into the details there, but that is what makes the difference in a winning pitch versus what most people do. Yeah. I'm really grateful you actually did dive into it. And, you know, as you were talking, I thought about like pitches I've gotten for the STZ podcast. And it's like so many of these are like the exact opposite, right? Like, I mean, I recently, and you know, now that we're on LinkedIn, right? LinkedIn has also turned into the new podcast pitch place, right? But I recently got one and it came across as so entitled. Like I was doing this person a favor <laughs> by having them on the podcast. So that's like one thing that I've kind of noticed. The other thing I've noticed is it's what you said. It's like this mass outreach that you can tell it was like they literally swapped out maybe a word if, you know, they got like really like. Yeah, I get those. I I have a couple of brands and it'll be like, I really love the work you do at, and it'll be like Fire Creek Snacks, but Fire Creek Snacks is like in a different font and it's clearly just like auto templated in there. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the one thing I'm sort of taking away is, no, it's like when we make these pitches, it's very easy to forget to be human and to connect heart to heart, right? And then also once we've connected heart to heart, showing that you've actually listened to the podcast right? And this is what I have done. So, and then asking, right? Like it's, it comes from a place of, it's just a different, I don't know, I call it more like graceful humility, right? It's a different framework. And my whole, it's, you know, I talk about podcast guesting a lot. That's kind of become my main focus with my coaching and things that I do. The, the larger umbrella that I, I see that fitting under is what I call partnership marketing. And it's just this idea that marketing doesn't need to be and shouldn't be a give and take thing. It should be a win-win-win relationship. So in podcast guessing, it's a great example of this. 
So partnership marketing, by definition, the way I define it is you put yourself in front of your target market using someone else's audience, but you don't. Do- hey there. I hope that you're enjoying today's podcast session. So I've you know jumped back into private practice and I decided to go the private pay route. And one of the things I've been thinking a lot about is how do I tap into outer network benefits for clients that might want to use it? Now, the common sort of perspective or tip that a lot of folks say is just to provide a super bill for clients. But the reality is, I feel like most clients aren't going to go take a super bill and then call the insurance company and then deal with that whole mess of trying to communicate with the insurance companies and waiting on reimbursement and all of that kind of stuff, right? And then at some point, especially if they're keenly aware of budget and stuff like that, they're like, oh my gosh. I may not be able to afford working with this therapist and all of those kind of things, right? This is where Thryzer comes in. And the really cool thing with Thryzer is that they will actually float the clients for the sessions. So basically, when you sign up for Thryzer, you can automatically submit out-of-network claims for your clients. It's simply done through an app. It literally takes seconds. And Thryzer takes care of all of the insurance stress. So we don't have to deal with it as clinicians. Our clients don't have to deal with it. And clients just pay what they owe for for actual sessions, i.e. like the difference between your rate and the reimbursement rate in order to skip the long insurance wait. All they have to do is pay the standard 3% credit card fee. There is no monthly contracts or fees or anything like that. If you would like to try out Thryzer, you can go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, enter the promo code STC so that your first $2,500 in fees are waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and Thryzer is spelled T-H-R-I-Z-E-R, and enter the promo code STC. Do that in a way that takes from anyone. It's you giving first, and because you give first, like you win as the brand who's getting exposure to that audience, but the host also wins because you're giving fresh content, you're filling a gap in their content, in their you know their typical content, and most importantly, their audience wins because you're actually coming and delivering a lot of value. You've got great stories, you've got some emotions you can evoke, and when the audience wins, that makes the host look good, it gets their download numbers up, and then they're happy to share their audience with you because you're being really cool about it. So if you can like think, how can I lead with the win and create a win-win-win relationship that no one in that scenario goes down, we all go up, right? And I think as much as you can do that, we're talking about podcast guesting, but think of, you know, like subscription box placements. We, that was a big thing for Fire Creek as well. You know, joint web classes or even like old school lunch and learns in person. If those are done well, the people showing up are happy because they learned something new and they got lunch. The people hosting look good to their clients, so they're happy. And then the person presenting gets exposure you know, to their target market, so they're happy. So I'm just trying to encourage the audience, you can think a little bigger about how can you apply this in your life, but you know, specifically your business. But I love podcast guesting as a vehicle to do it because it is kind of universal, especially if you have an online business. There's always podcasts that you can go be on and be featured and create these relationships through. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that win mindset because I think, you know, this is something, you know, for me, like I don't have the like extensive copywriting business background that you have, right? Like a lot of this has been never took a business or marketing class ever, you know, and a lot of this has been like figuring it out. And, but I think one of the things that I've really had to make 
peace with and really work on is this mindset, right? Like that if I take something from me, if I give you something, that means that I'm taking something away from you. And I don't think it has to be that way at all. Yeah. And that's something that I'd say in the last couple of years, I've really kind of unlocked that for myself and I've learned how to unlock that for others, you know, and masterminds and things. But I grew up very poor, you know, I was, and then I felt like the most abundant I could get was thinking dollars for hours, you know, as an engineer and like, this is the best, biggest impact and most money or whatever I could ever make. And then as I've gotten you know, years into entrepreneurship, I've realized there's actually, it's actually abundance, right? It's actually no, like no one has to lose for me to win. And we can, we can actually grow a bigger pie together and all be better at the end of the day. And so, yeah, that's, that's super important. And it's easy to like talk about, but it's hard to do. And I feel like you, you develop it over time by practicing it, believing it, and then like seeing the reality of it and how you interact with your clients or colleagues or, or wherever, but you'll see, as you start to see examples of it, then your self-belief grows like, yeah, there really is enough for everybody. And I actually can win while helping other people win bigger versus feeling like someone's got to lose for me to win. Yeah. And then also I think surrounding yourself with people who operate from that mindset too, right? Because yeah, because I think the other side is kind of the the typical. I wanted to come back to something you had said earlier. So you said, you know, you lead with relational anchors and then what's in it for the host is sort of that second part. So what is your approach on do you listen to these podcasts? Like, how do you how do you create custom things? Or is it more like, hey, I've got like three to five topics I can think of. And, you know, I might listen to an episode and, you know, kind of use that as the, how do you think about it? Yeah. So I talked about the three pieces and we'll just call it an email. This could be LinkedIn direct messages, in which case it'd probably be like three separate messages. But the whole idea, yes. Number one, relational anchors. Number two, what's in it for the audience, those bullet points. And then number three the, is the call to action. Actually, the second and third piece of that really change. You might customize the bullet points a little bit depending on the, the podcast, but typically if you're in the same target market, those what you teach and the, the stories you want to pull from or the credibility highlights that you want to put in those bullet points, those are pretty static, which is good because those take the most effort is like coming up with you know, juicy enough bullets that get someone's attention. You've got some like numbers in there. You've got some like how to, and you've got some great stories, but you can kind of reuse those over and over because you're approaching different audiences with them. So our different hosts with, with different audiences, the part that you have to customize every time is that first part, which is the relational anchor. So that's how will Melvin immediately know that I know who Melvin is. I know what his show is about. And I've gotten some value from the show or something to be able to like compliment you on. And that could be as simple as looking at your LinkedIn, seeing that we're from the same state. Maybe we went to the same college or maybe you went to the college that my wife went to or something. Something though, that's like, okay, like you just literally, it sounds funny, but the number one job of the first line of the email is Dustin is not a random weirdo from the internet. Like Dustin has invested some, and it doesn't have to be deep, but he has some connection. We've made some connection to each other or he's made a connection to me. Then I usually, so I usually do something like along those lines. And then, yeah, for the the next part in my world, I typically would like to, at least, at least as I'm getting started with this, listen to some episodes because you want, well, you, ideally what you could say is, Hey, in episode 123, when you interviewed Ryan, I got, th- I pulled this out of it. I applied it. And this is what happened like that. If I'm, especially now, if I'm going with a bigger show, I'm going to go through that level of effort. If you're doing this as a scalable marketing channel, you start to run into bandwidth problems, right? Like if you're trying to be on a podcast a week, that's a lot of podcasts to listen to, get that intimately familiar with. And so 
a shortcut that still doesn't make this that doesn't like make it bad, <laughs> but a shortcut to this, like what we actually do with entrepreneurs is they get up and scale with this marketing channel is to have a virtual assistant help with this. But the virtual assistant is trained well enough that they become your eyes and ears. And so they can go listen to a show. If there's good enough show notes, they might be able to like peruse the show notes and figure out like this would be a great episode to reference because it ties to part of this and story. So they can start to see relational anchors on your behalf. And that's when this becomes more scalable. But in the early days for myself and probably for like the first 30 shows I was on, I did it all myself and it worked great. But um, but it, there becomes a point where I just don't have the bandwidth to do it. So that was a long answer. But if someone's listening and they're starting this out, yeah, go listen to a couple episodes, pick out some legitimate thing that really impacted you and reference that in the email. If you're doing this at scale, have a virtual assistant who really understands you and could find those facts, figures, outcomes, and know that you would relate to them and that what you teach kind of maybe ties back to that or expands on that or contradicts that. Like those are the types of things to make this like a logical connection from the relational anchor through your, uh, your bullet points. That's awesome. It's an art and science, which is why it's kind of hard to like put it. People know it when they see it and I'll have a resource later for people can like see how I, how I actually write these pitches, but. Yeah, no, I, I love the art and science of it. The relational anchors, do you generally focus it on like this it sounds like you've actually focused it more on like personal stuff right like versus like you know congratulations on the success of your business or whatever right it's more like hey you know i saw we're both from here you know or i saw your recent picture on instagram where you went blank you know i actually took a trip there too and yeah you could i could see you smiling as you said that like those are way better because anyone could say hey melvin i really enjoy the xyz podcast you know and like if you got nothing better, you can use that, but you're not going to be as successful as if you can find something a little a little more interesting of a connection. I'm trying to think of some other examples. So one would be, I've, had, I've used this before, where the podcast is co-hosted by a husband and wife team. Now, I don't have to listen to an episode to see that. Their pictures are on the art and they're, they have the same last name or whatever. So I could open with, I love that you guys co-host this podcast together. My first business online was with my wife um, and it's something we really cherished. So now I know it's personal, but it ties back to me and there's there's a relational anchor there. But it could be as simple as you find a podcast you want to be on, you go look for the host on LinkedIn, and then you browse their content and you say, hey, your recent post on XYZ was really compelling to me because ABC, you know, like you can tie something there where it's, again, it's just like, okay, he's actually like spent some time knowing who I am and, and what I'm about. But it doesn't have to be super deep. But yeah, hopefully that gives you a few kind of examples. Yeah, I love those examples. I mean, it's, again, it's just going back to like something you said earlier. It's like the, we forget the human element when we get into these pitch situations, right? And we often forget, I think, especially, I mean, it's just something I struggle with. It's bigger, odd, bigger influencers, right? Bigger people with bigger audiences, like you almost like you humanize them, right? Because they're almost like these like people that I can't even touch, but you forget that they are just regular people that, you know. So like, I mean, I didn't really pitch you because we, we met through LinkedIn, but I was just trying to, I was rolling through my brain here. Like, how would I approach Melvin? Like an easy one for us, I could say, hey, I know you're a mental health professional turned online business owner. I can totally relate to that because I practice engineering so I'm not, you know, so again, I practice engineering. Now I'm an online entrepreneur that ties us together, even though I'm not a mental health professional myself, you know, I was on the digital marketer podcast, which was a, a pretty big one. And my anchor for that was like, I opened with like in, it was more story form. So it was like in 2015, I was in the digital marketer headquarters at the first machine live event. 
it changed my life. Well, like, again, and then I, so that was just about the company. And it was like, then it's like, you know, I admire digital marketers so much and I've got certifications from you guys, but now I'd love the, the opportunity to serve your audience because I have some specialized knowledge that I think you haven't covered yet on your podcast. So that's a relational anchor that's not even about the host, but it still makes sense. And it still is like, you read that, it's like, okay, this is not a cold pitch. Like this is someone who knows something about us. And that's really the whole point. Yeah. I like that. Dustin, I'm so grateful for you. I can't believe our time flew by. <laughs> we talked a lot about the the pitching part of podcasting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but I think that is like a, a big part of it. You know, I think we could probably do a whole other episode on the pros and cons of podcasting versus, you know, guest podcasting. But I would say let's wrap it up here just because I think this was so good and it gives this framework is, I don't know, it's just, it has my mind already. Like, oh yeah, this is like, I could, could totally, you know, through this. You're doing some pretty amazing stuff in the world. Please let us know what you're up to and how we can learn more about you. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I I work with entrepreneurs every day, helping them use podcast guesting and other partnership marketing strategies to grow their business. The easiest place I would say for people to get started, especially given the theme today, I have something called the Podcast Pitch Playbook. It's free. It's actually podcastpitchplaybook.com. And when they go and access that, it's over the shoulder training of me in about five minutes going through these three pieces of a, of a really effective pitch email, talking about how to do each one really specifically, things like subject lines, how to find the right email address. So it's very tactical advice for how you can actually get on a show using a really rich pitch. Uh, and then I include three actual email pitches that I've sent to pretty large podcasts to get on them. So they're literally Google Docs, people can copy and paste and, and modify accordingly. So they can make this kind of paint by numbers, but still very customized and warm to the host that they're approaching. So podcastpitchplaybook.com for that. Uh, otherwise, Simple Success Coaching is my main site. And uh, as you mentioned, I'm very active on LinkedIn. That's Dustin Reekman. And uh, spell it however you want. You'll, you'll end up finding me because everyone misspells it. And it, all roads lead back to me because I think I'm the only Dustin Reekman in the world. Pretty awesome. All roads lead back to Dustin, right? <laughs> Dustin, I appreciate you. appreciate our friendship. And uh, yeah, just appreciate this time together to you know, learn about the side of this. I mean, this is something that admittedly, like I, I don't know much about. I see the potential of it and I'm just so grateful for your willingness to share. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, honored to be here and happy to share. So thanks for inviting me, Melvin, and hope to do it again sometime soon. For sure. Have a great rest of your day. Hey there. I hope that you enjoyed today's podcast session, especially if you've been thinking about guesting on a podcast. I hope that today's session has just been really helpful for you. Uh, Dustin mentioned a number of resources, and you can find all of those on Dustin's website, which is over at simplesuccesscoaching.com, including the, the profits, the podcast guesting profits uh, playbook that he mentioned. As I was reflecting on this episode, one thing I realized is I want to strategically go on more podcasts. It's something that I have not done. Part of it's just been like season of life, right? I have to like ruthlessly prioritize stuff just with having a young daughter. And part of it's just been, you know, it's it doesn't come naturally to me to try to like pitch myself. And, uh, you know, Dustin alluded to this. When I hear the word pitch, I'm like, I don't know, I, I get like all sorts of like, uh, about it. But and also the other side of it is, you know, I, I get a lot of, you know, I will call them invites to be a guest on the STC podcast. And a lot of them are just it kind of turned me off to guest podcasting. But I think that's actually the wrong approach. Because 
I think there is a very human way to do this and a very relational way to do this. And yeah, so it definitely has me motivated. So my encouragement to you is to do a quick Google search of podcasts uh, that are related to the niche that you would that you serve and aim to get on five to 10 podcasts this year. I think it can definitely accelerate your business. I think it will also lead to some like non like ten like tangible non tangible whatever that word is things like you know you just become more confident as a speaker you get more comfortable in your skin like for example you know i just made a error like about 10 seconds ago right i totally forgot a word the old mel would have panicked and i would have like tried to edit that out and stuff but now I realize, you know what, I'm human and I'm learning and that's okay as well. So I hope that you enjoyed uh, today's session again. And Dustin's website is over again at simplesuccesscoaching.com, simplesuccesscoaching.com. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. Hey there, I hope that you enjoyed today's session. Uh, Thank you again for taking the time to listen all the way through. If you are a therapist and you're specifically in a season where you're a seasoned therapist and you are wanting to move from clinical to online course income, we actually have a specific mastermind for therapists who are doing this. So this is basically a group of really kind and supportive therapists who are also wildly successful as business owners. We meet together to build and grow and scale our online courses. You can learn more about that mastermind over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash mastermind, all one word, sellingthecouch.com forward slash mastermind. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's session.